0: Good evening. Thank you for joining us for this live cast Bible study from Green Tree Church. Uh, We're very grateful uh, that you would take the time uh, to be part of this. So uh, get your Bible ready. You can uh, turn to Psalm 103. So tonight we're back to our study, what is God like and what difference does it make? We want to dig into the character and attributes of God that we understand more clearly what God is like, the most wonderful person there is, and not only to have clear biblical understanding, but then know the implications of that. How does it shape and affect daily life? How do we live out what God is like and what that means to us? And tonight, we come to the attribute of God's patience. Uh, We greatly need God's patience. Uh, We are uh, people who uh, fail a lot, who struggle to be faithful. There's much we don't understand. We, We grow gradually. Sometimes we just blow it in a big way. Uh, That God is patient with us is an attribute that we rightly cherish. Uh, So that's what we're going to be looking at this evening. And so our our key passage uh, is Psalm 103. We're going to read verses 8 to 14. As we read these verses, we want to be thinking about what does it say of this character of God to be patient uh, with his people. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Let's ask God to guide us. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with a thankfulness that you have not only given us your word, but you are in this word, in this time, in our lives, and you will be engaging us as our hearts are open to you. So we come to you with expectation to learn something of the wondrous truths of your character. We come to you wanting to grow more deeply in our appreciation, understanding, And so in how we live in a way that represents you in a world that greatly needs you. Uh, We recognize that uh, people right now have all sorts of pressures and burdens in their life. It may be hard to even focus their attention on this time. Uh, Settle our hearts and minds. Speak to us, Spirit of God, for it is your voice we need to hear, we want to hear. We thank you that you speak. And so we, we lift all these requests to you with praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God's patience is an aspect of his mercy. It's a gracious way in which God deals with people who don't deserve that he would respond to us the way that he does. God shows restraint and bears with us beyond what anyone really should be able to expect of God. Now, for clarity's sake, it's important that we understand God's patience is not that God ignores our sin. Um, God never ignores sin. Through Christ, God removes sin. We see that in verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So we shouldn't misinterpret God's patience to be that God's going to deal kindly with us and... Over time, he may just kind of forget or ignore sin. A provision must be made for sin, which Christ has done in paying the penalty for our guilt of sin. And so the work of Christ is what takes care of our sin. That's not what his patience does. God's patience doesn't mean that he will soften the judgment of sin. The Old Testament prophet Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3, says the Lord is slow to anger. Uh, he, He has a patience, but the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. The fact that God exercises patience should not be misinterpreted to think that God is going to ignore guilt, that he will not deal with it. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger, abounding in his steadfast, his steady, his steady love for us. Uh, but we need to understand how that connects with sin, and that only the work of Christ can remove the guilt. And that is a, a fundamental truth that we cannot miss or be confused over. God's patience, then, is the fact that he exercises control over his passions in order to fulfill his purposes. The patience of God is that God exercises restraint. He restrains his passions. He restrains his holiness, his, his justice. He restrains those so that he can fulfill purposes that he has that are wise and good. Uh, he uses restraint f- to fulfill the, his purpose to save. God shows patience in order that the gospel may be possible. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, we read, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. But he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God rightly could deal directly with our sin as soon as it had occurred. But in his patience, God restrains the judgment So that we have time to hear and respond to the gospel. And so we see the patience of God as this mercy restraining so God's purpose to save could be accomplished. We also have God's patience exercised in the purpose of him to judge God shows patience and not immediately judging all sin and even all those who will be rightly judged. The Apostle Paul speaks of this in Romans chapter 9, verses 22 to 23. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience? Vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. So God exercises a great deal of patience, even toward those who will receive the wrath that their sins deserve. Those who are stubborn in their sin and refuse to respond to the gospel Even they, for this time, receive the patience of God, but that is for his purposes and in how he has chosen to show his judgment, which reveals he is a holy and a just God. And then we have God's purpose to perfect, to complete the work of grace that saves us to that full picture of uh, grace that makes us holy whole as we are created to be. This is the patience we experience from God as inconsistent children who are not always following him, that wander off, that stumble and, and get out of focus with what it means to follow God, and yet he is graciously patient with us. Uh, we see again in verses 10 and 11 of, of Psalm 103, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, even though we have ongoing sin and failures. God doesn't deal with us according to that sin, because the guilt has been removed. Uh, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. Even though we we fail at times miserably, even in a way that is obvious to us, uh, God exercises patience because He wants us to continue to grow. He's always giving encouragements. He's giving us time. God is not dealing dealing with us as we deserve. He's dealing with us according to his mercy. And one of those mercies is his patience toward us. The manifestations of God's patience are part of daily life. Whether or not we recognize them or think about them, every day the patience of God is a part of how we live. And and these are just more reasons why God is praiseworthy. Why however we feel today emotionally, however circumstances are difficult, God deserves praise. And part of that it is his patience toward us? Uh, our continued existence manifests that God is patient. Every morning that you wake up, that reveals the patience of God. Um, the common goodness we all enjoy from creation. Whether people follow God, care about God, mock God or not, they receive. The the common or the good graces of God just living in this world, that's God's patience. That people would enjoy what they don't deserve, even to the extent of denying him. And yet, the one they deny and mock is providing these graces. The gospel is the greatest manifestation of God's patience that he has made a provision for rebels to be restored, thinking of the language we use Sunday morning. What we deserve is the immediate right response of God against sin. But God instead gives time. He desires that many would be saved. He desired that you would be saved. He gave patience toward you. And so that patience is flowing from God day by day. As long as there is time in this world, that is the patience of God. And in one sense, that's what time represents in this world. It represents that. The distinction between time and eternity, that we haven't crossed that. And the only reason we haven't crossed from time into timelessness into eternity is that God wants to see more saved. Time itself is an exercise of God's patience. It's a demonstration of it. The church is a manifestation of God's patience, uh, his patience in the church, that inconsistent disciples and followers still live under the commitment of God's covenant. He has committed to saving, keeping, perfecting. He has committed to carrying you over into the full expression of life in his kingdom. The church in this world, it it manifests, here is the patience of God, that as messy as the church can be, as messy as our lives can be, God just keeps working faithfully according to all that he has promised. And then think of God's patience through the church, that he is using us As flawed as we are, we're his instruments in the world. And consider how often we we make a mess of what it is to be a testimony for God. Or how poorly at times we handle our testimony or the gospel. or, Or how we're serving in the life of the church or trying to care for people and we end up doing the opposite because we get offended or we're just focusing more pride-based and serving-based, and uh, we have all sorts of ways that we, in a sense, can muck up what it means to be serving God in the world, and yet, that's his ongoing commitment. He, he keeps using the church. He doesn't get tired of using us. Over the centuries, how many generations of God's people being messy and how they serve him and yet he has not stopped he's not said that's enough i'm gonna use angels i'm gonna find a different way to do this he still uses us consider how much patience that is think of with our children and we give them a task something that we're trying to do and, and they want to help they want to be part of it and so we'll let them help and they're not really doing it right and they may actually be making it worse and we're kind of wanting to to let them help because it means a lot to them but we want to get it done and we can even if we're allowing them to do it we can be filled with mounting frustration because they're not doing it the way we want uh how much more Are we like that with God? In the way we're not really doing everything we should for Him in the way that's best, yet He still gladly is sending and using us. How wonderfully gracious and patient and loving and steadfast God is in all of this. Even tragedies the suffering we go through the things that seem to be well that's going wrong and yet god's patience is in that because these are these are warnings of of what can be a worse judgment in luke chapter 13 uh, jesus refers to this he said speaking of the 18 people on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them we don't know what happened just that there was this a current event that everyone knew about a, a tower in this on the city wall fell it killed a lot of people Jesus says do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other people who lived in Jerusalem no but I tell you unless you repent you will all likewise perish so some of these tragedies that, that hit life and we're watching them or we're feeling them and it doesn't feel as though God is in it at all. And yet God is showing uh, it's, it's waking people up if they will pay attention that something worse than this tragedy, something worse even than physical death, that is the judgment of God. And so God in his patience and not bringing judgment now upon everyone brings heartaches and difficulties to waken people out of being anesthetized in their own desires and pursuing life as they want, thinking they're in control. God stops that with events that hurt and show our limitations and so show our weaknesses that hopefully make us think about eternal matters that's that's God's patience God wanting us to see the truth before it's too late as as we also saw this past sunday to fully appreciate how amazing is God's patience We need to consider God's other attributes. That God is all-knowing. Which means there are no secrets. Nothing is hidden. God knows everything you do. He's he's right there watching it. He, He knows the motivations, the false manipulative motivations we have in things that others may think, oh, look the good we're doing. God sees whether or not we're really manipulating. God, God sees the attitudes that we have. What is in our heart that no one else knows? God sees it all, and yet he still is gracious. How much patience god is exercising when he sees every flaw but doesn't give up on us god is perfect which means his standard is as high as can be Uh, god's standard is no sin no failure his standard is not just the absence of any sin His standard is also the presence of all that we should do. So there are the sins we commit, but there are also the sins we omit. What we don't do for God, what we don't do in love, all of that is part of God's perfect standard. So when we think how high the standards of God are for us, and how far from that we are, we see how wonderful his patience is toward us. That God is holy. Every sin, thought, word, and deed, offends God. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13, God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. The prophet is speaking of how all sin is offense to God for him to look upon it. So God, who is holy, is offended by sin, yet he stays committed to us. He does not give up on us. God is just. He must take action to punish every sin. It is God's responsibility. He is Lord of all. The world belongs to him. He is the judge. God, by responsibility, must be the one who brings justice. Who else can bring justice? God must bring justice. His character, his responsibility to it impels him to. And yet, God is gracious to us to give time that we would be saved. God is patient that we might come to salvation. God is omnipotent, meaning he has all power. He's not just powerful, he's all powerful, which means judgment doesn't take any effort. Just the thought and judgment would come. And so it's not effort by God to bring judgment. And yet he withholds that. He restrains it because of the greatness of his patience. If people knew everything about you everything about you. Or if they were all powerful, no one could withstand the strength of their power and might. Or if they were unfailing, they never made mistakes. Everything they did was perfect. How would people like that treat you? People who could do whatever they wanted and you couldn't stop them. What would... What would they do how would they treat you people who see your darkest secrets see all your failures how would they think about you how would they deal with you people who never make mistakes and you're making them all the time how would they look upon you our experience with people in the world is uh, there would be a great deal of impatience and let's turn that to ourselves How do we treat people who fail? How do we treat people who don't measure up to our standards, who don't do something in this category of life as well as we do it? In this particular area of sin and character, uh, they don't hold up as well as we do. Where we happen to know the failures and the foolishness that this person has in life. Or we simply, we have the authority uh, to make life difficult and for them to do what we say. How much patience do we exercise in these areas in which God daily is exercising great patience toward us? Along with the beauty and majesty of god's patience now the wonder of it is is the the wonder that one day god won't need to exercise patience toward us he will not always chide verse 9 says nor will he keep his anger forever Uh, there will be a time when when god does exercise the judgment that's needed and then All sin will be judged. There will will be the removal of all guilt. We will be perfected, so sin won't exist in us. And the attribute of God's patience will not be needed as it is now. God will always have that attribute, but it is only when sin and rebellion exists that certain attributes of God are seen. One of those is patience. And there will be the day when God won't need to be patient with us in the same way that he does now. And so God sees us as his children. He sees us for what we will be, what he is committed to making of us. He sees our perfection. He sees us seated with Christ. He sees us complete. And so we should, in patience and graciousness, share the perspective that God has. If that's God's perspective toward us, uh, it should be our perspective toward one another. Not that we ignore behavior that we we should confront or, or deal with in certain ways, but we're seeing people for what we know God will make of them, what he's promised to do, and that should affect how, how we treat people. It should affect how we're thinking of ourselves, of being overly discouraged overly introspective about ourselves and weaknesses and failure uh, and uh, accusing ourselves in ways that God doesn't. We want to rightly be aware of sin, certainly to repent of, but the fact that we don't do all things well or the things that we don't understand or things are difficult or we struggle, to be overly critical beyond How God is means we're not sharing his perspective. To have that impatience with ourselves in giving up, I can't do that. But we're not looking accurately at our own lives. We're not looking accurately at what God is doing. When we are impatient, it reveals that We're not seeing ourselves clearly. We're not seeing each other clearly. And we're not seeing God clearly. Impatience reveals a lack of love for imperfect people. We should be very aware of what it means to struggle and be imperfect. And yet, how quick we are to be impatient with others. How often are are you impatient with how someone drives, and yet if you make the same mistake uh, unknowingly, not recognizing it, uh, and then someone's beeping the horn at you, and and then you're bothered. It was just a mistake. You you want them to show grace, and yet we we don't always show the same grace toward others. When we are impatient... uh, is showing an exalted sense of our own understanding. They should be doing it differently. They should be living like this. We're, we're coming to conclusions about what people should or shouldn't be doing and progress they should make without having the full backstory, without knowing all that's involved, not knowing perhaps brokenness in their life that would cause us to be more patient, not knowing circumstances right now that are weighing hard upon them? And if we understood all things clearly, what would our heart toward people who are struggling be? But we very quickly uh, think we see and understand a situation and then have an attitude based upon it and, and make statements based upon a very quick, superficial look at a situation and a person and then come to conclusions have attitudes think how often we're in public someone we don't know and we see them for a couple seconds and those few seconds uh, they don't look in a good light according to how we think someone should act what they should do even how they look and we immediately have an opinion about that person. Someone we don't know at all. Though we do know they're made in the image of God and something of his great love, but we come to conclusions and thoughts. It reveals that we have an exalted view of our own understanding, our ability to judge and assess. Uh, Inpatients can show an exalted sense of our importance. How dare they fail my expectations? How dare they cause me to get to where I'm going 30 seconds later than if they weren't in my way? How dare they not do things better? How dare they struggle? We, we have an exalted sense of our importance that we would be bothered, that we would Consider we have the right to be bothered because people are not measuring up. And then patience also shows a failure to appreciate God's goodness of not having a heart filled with thankfulness of his grace to us. And doesn't an appreciation of grace received cause us to be more patient with others. The awareness, how good God has been to me. How much grace has God shown. It it produces a heart that is, is more full with patience because that's how God is with us. Well, what effect should God's patience have on our life? Take the last few minutes to talk about that a little bit and the most important effect of all that god is patient is to recognize now is the time to take advantage of god's mercy and so if you're listening you have never responded to the gospel not truly not completely you have not committed yourself to christ for the forgiveness of your sins repenting bowing before him recognize God is patient with you for that reason. He is giving you time right now. This is the day, the time of salvation. That's the greatest realization we should have about the patience of God. It allows you to respond right now while there is time. And as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus, it means then that we endure the indifference of people toward the gospel uh, when we can be impatient that they don't get it, they don't understand, or the hostility that people may show toward us and our lifestyle, the foolishness we see in people who don't know the truths of God and live in ways that are so uh, self-destructive Because we represent Christ, and so our perspective toward everyone is the work of the gospel in them, our patience toward people. We're wanting to represent God having patience in this world for the gospel to have fruit, fruition in people's lives. That's how we should be toward people. We want gospel fruition to take place. And, And God's patience now also encourages us for those that we love, we want to reach, who haven't responded. We realize that as long as there's time, there's, there's potential for them to respond. So we, we don't give up in our prayers. We keep praying for them. We don't tire of it. But it's important that we don't abuse God's patience. God's patience is wonderful. It's full but we shouldn't respond to his patience by abusing it. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, we read, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, this he will also reap. So what are ways that we could abuse God's patience? Some may take encouragement that god is being patient that they can go deeper into their sin because he doesn't seem to be bothered he hasn't done anything so far Uh, that would be a, a grave foolishness and abuse of of god's patience or returning to old sins because of god's past patience with us god dealing graciously and patiently as as we struggle through and So we're more willing to go back to old sins. That's an abuse of God's patience. Of remaining in what we think are small sins. Because God is understanding. He doesn't seem to make a big deal out of it. Or putting off repentance. Because God has been patient so far. All of these are abuses of God's patience. That will have grave effects. For those who push off the gospel. Uh, and God may never give them a heart for it if they push it off, or even those who are believers, yet allowing a half-heartedness to fill life with just counterproductiveness and to fill life with pain and conflict, uh, to rob life of its worth and value in terms of gospel fruit, of of the impact we can have, of, of bringing Uh, our sin and its influence onto those that we love in our family. These are influences that our, our life should never have if we're a believer. And so to abuse God's patience is a serious thing always. Another application of recognizing God is patient is to realize that God's great patience with our sin. And we've looked at at that a lot tonight. The reality that God was patient to bear with our sin, uh, that should encourage us to know that his patience will bear with our frailties. Verses 13 and 14 of, of Psalm 103. As a father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. God, like a father to a child, a child that isn't fully developed, and so he recognizes they don't have full maturity. God who remembers we're but dust. He he knows all of your limitations of what you cannot do, of What you cannot understand, what you cannot accomplish, the limitations you have, God understands that. He's not expecting more of you than what you're capable of. So God, who is wonderfully gracious when you're filled with the guilt of your sin and awaiting true judgment, how much... Will his patience then be with those who now are his children, are in covenant relationship with him? How much patience will he have with the fact that you struggle and you have limitations? God doesn't have inflated expectations of our abilities to serve him like we do, where we can be cast down of what we can't do as if God is expecting us to accomplish in our might and wisdom all that the, the kingdom is going to do in this world. That's what God does. We're, we're just instruments that he's using. And part of our weakness is that all things then are done to the glory of God because we recognize there was, that was the power of God. That was the wisdom of God. That was the exercise of God's grace. So being content in our weaknesses, as the Apostle Paul describes, was his perspective. Is God glorifying? God knows our weaknesses. He still uses us. He knows that you are but dust. So be aware of his ongoing patience with you. And lastly, we should then imitate and share God's patience. just as our failures brought out God's patience. So God didn't need to exercise patience until our failures came out. So that should be true for us toward others. When the reason to be patient comes out from others toward us, that's exactly when we need to exercise it. Being patient when people aren't trying our patience Uh, There's nothing noble about that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul really presses into this. He says, walk in a worthy manner of the calling to which you've been called. God has called you to be his, to live for him in this world. Live in a manner worthy of the calling to be his child. Then he tells us what that looks like. With all humility, and gentleness, with patience. Bearing with, putting up with the weaknesses and others in love. We can be patient because we know God's sovereignty and his goodness will fulfill his covenant promises. When we realize God is in full control and he's going to fulfill everything he has promised... That helps us to be more patient. We can be patient with struggling believers because we know God will complete them. We can be patient in the face of injustice against us because we know God will make all things right. We can bear with what seems to detract from our life. Their misuse, look what it it takes from my life. We can be patient with that because we know the fullness of the kingdom awaits for us. We can be patient with the slowness of progress in others because we know we have forever to enjoy the perfect that is coming. We should remain patient with people for as long as we want God to be patient. With us, The patience of God is a wonderful mercy. Let us not just rest in his patience. Let us use his patience. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we've seen of your character uh, that is used toward us continually, wondrously. Uh, The benefits we receive because you are patient is is part of your daily blessing to us. So may we be a daily blessing to others. May we be daily encouraged by your patience to own it, to give you thanks for it, and for it then to, to overflow our lives. So help us to see where we're not understanding correctly And so allowing impatience which we've been justifying to continue rather than stepping into the patience that is ours by right and which, uh, if we really love you, want to follow you, uh, that's what our life should bear. That should be part of the impact we have on others. So give us grace in this. And we ask all of this, and just for... Your rest on us as we finish this evening, as we go to sleep, may it be with restful minds, as we step in tomorrow, may it be a day in which we recognize you are at work in us and in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for being with us again. Be praying for Christianity Explored. Be praying for each other. We will see you again on Sunday morning.